Hello, 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 you guys. It is Sweet Sanctified Sunday. To God be the glory. Thank you so much for another blessed day. He is good. He continues to bless me. My family is blessed. And well, you know, another day above ground is always a blessing. Thank you guys for tuning into my podcast. I appreciate it so much. It means a lot to me. My verse of the day will come from Acts 1, 8, King James Version. For ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witness unto me both in Jerusalem, and in all Judah, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I want to take a moment of silence for the victims with the recent shooting. Thank you. I also wanted want <laughs> to um, show my respect for Mr. Cannon, the LSU football legend Billy Cannon. Cannon, I'm sorry, you guys. He passed away this morning. Um, he won the Heisman Trophy as a halfback in 1959. He is the only LSU player to win the award. He is mostly remembered for his punt return against Ole Miss on Halloween night, 1959. They led the Tigers to a 7-3 victory against the Rebels. U.S. Senator Bill Cassidy released a statement regarding the passing of the LSU football player. He had so many condolences and messages on Twitter in regards to him. He was a 2008 College Football Hall of Fame inductee. He was twice claimed unanimously All-American honors. So I just want to give extra, extra prayers to everyone across the world. It's hard right now. It is hard. But you guys don't go anywhere. She, me, her will be back. Got a little world news and we about to talk about the royal wedding. Yes, honey. I wanted to reiterate. This was a 17-year-old child that murdered 10 people and wounded 10 other people. He took the lives of classmates. One was a substitute teacher that graduated from Broadmoor High School right here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This kid was lost, and we are from the outside looking in, and I would never want to feel that type of pain, ever. And I'm not going to say 
that wholeheartedly the mother is the blame or the father is the blame but my God people my God these kids are having easy access to their parents weapons they can even go purchase guns and these are people with mental issues every time a young person kills someone everybody's hollering mental issue mental issue mental issue which I do think that mental issue is playing a part in it, in a sense, because I think in some instances it's the peer pressure, it's the bullying, it's the low self-esteem, it's the depression, it's the anxiety. I do feel that all of that is playing a part. But my God, where are these parents? You haven't noticed that your child is locked up in their room? They don't have any friends? You haven't noticed that they have these packages that keep coming in and out their house? You haven't paid attention to everything else that's going on around this well look I'm not fitting to pretend like I'm this world most amazing mother but I was a nosy mother I stayed in my children business I was always in their stuff in their mix trying to figure out what they're doing I was always looking I remember one time I took the door off I'm like you're not gonna play with me I took that door off the hinge and I didn't care because what you're not going to do, you're not going to play with me. You're not going to be sneaky. You're not going to be doing shit that I don't know anything about. And then people come looking at me like, you, well, you. no, no, no. I'm going to be that nosy mama. I'm going to be that mama that you can't stand, that you're going to tell hate. And guess what? Later on, you're going to love me and appreciate me for it. That's the kind of mother I was. We didn't do sleepovers. We weren't allowed to go sleep at other people's house. You know what I'm saying? But again... I'm not going to paint this picture like I was this amazing mother because I didn't get it right. I didn't have a, a, a how-to guide to parenting. I didn't. But I wanted my children to have a social life, to mingle, to get to know people, to be a part of people's life and let people be a part of their life, go to dances. You know, I wanted them to do that because that's part of growing, experiencing, living, maturing. That's part of life. If you got a teenager and they don't want to go and do stuff and they're always at home, what's going on? Why you don't have any friends? Well, what happened? You got to ask the questions. We got to be more involved. Oh, my God. And you have to lock these dang old guns up and keep them away from these children. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Suing the parents, suing the school, suing whomever is not going to bring my child back. But God damn it, I'm suing you. I'm coming after these parents. Let me tell you something. If these parents are held accountable for their kids dropping out of school and not wanting to go to school, being a problem, wanting to jump on the mom so the mom can't tell them what to do, so they don't want to go to school, but if the school report them and they ain't going to school, you want to come and you want to arrest the mom? If, if... You can hold a mom responsible for that. Then you know what? You should be able to hold those parents responsible for those these kids being able to get those guns. And in some of these instances where they took these guns from these kids and then the police officers and the police department, law enforcement, whatever you want to identify yourself as, took those guns, gave them back to the family member and the family member gave it back to them, you should sue them and the police department. I'm just saying. Since it's so easy to sue people, Everybody in this world could be sued except for the, the number 45. Everybody else in this world could be held accountable except for 
certain people. No. That's not how they work. There are children that's losing their life. They leave home to go to school to get an education. And they don't come home. They got to be something put in place for these guns, control, parents got to be more active. You got to be more active. You got to be more alert. You got to be more attentive. You have to be. I just feel like as a mother, if you're paying attention to your child, to your children, you know that they are hurting someone. You know that they're lost. You know that they're struggling with something. Something is there. We got to do better. We got to do better. I'm going to say this and I'm going to end this topic. If these parents are continuing to allow their kids easy access to their their guns, the parents need to be held accountable. Something has to change. And it has to be with someone. And everybody has to be held accountable for their actions. Now, I can't blame the mother for those child, those children walking into these schools, pulling these triggers, and killing their classmates and teachers. But if it's your gun, and that child was able to get to your gun, I'm holding you responsible. If it's you, as a parent, you've allowed your children to make bombs and things of that nature in your house, and you didn't pay attention to it, I'm holding you responsible. I don't care. Who toes I step on? This is unacceptable. This is not normal. This is not living. This is not how life's supposed to be. This isn't laughing. You got people that hate themselves and inflicting it on other people. Gotta do better. Have to do better. Trump is demanding DOJ look into whether FBI infiltrated or severed his campaign. The Justice Department is instructing its watchdog to look into the allegations. Now, he went on a tirade, and that also included slamming a report that his oldest son in 2016 sought favor with foreign countries beside Russia. And he said, I hereby demand and will do so officially tomorrow that the Department of Justice look into whether or not the FBI, DOJ infiltrated or surveilled the Trump's campaign for political purpose. And if any such demands or requests were made by people within the Obama administration. I don't know why Obama didn't keep coming up because he's not the president anymore. I'm just saying. And he's not part of the investigation. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm so tired of this. Trump was responding to reports that an FBI informant had talked to campaign advisors who investigators believe had suspicious contact with Russia-linked people. Trump said Saturday after the reports emerged that it would be a really big deal, like really, really big deal, like huge, like humongous, like the biggest ever if the FBI was infiltrating his team. Now, a spokeswoman for the Justice Department said Sunday evening, which is today, that the DOJ has actually... Department Inspector General to expand its ongoing probe to include whether there was any improper 
or political motivation in the way the FBI conducted its counterintelligence investigation that became special counsel Robert Mueller's probe. The inspector general who declined to comment is investigating how the FBI obtained permission to conduct um, surveillance of former Trump advisor. Now, if anyone did infiltrate or surveil participant in a presidential campaign for inappropriate purposes, we need to know about it and take appropriate action. And everybody should know because we need to know, like, is, is people on the Internet while we're on the Internet? Like, what, like, what's the deal? Anyway, things are really getting ridiculous is what the president tweeted. Mm -hmm. The felon and crooked, but not as crooked as Hillary Clinton at New York Times has done a long and boring story indicating that the world's most expensive witch hunt has found nothing on Russia and me. So now they're looking at the rest of the world. You know what's sad that he said nothing on Russia and me, but they found plenty on other people. Because according to the Times, the meeting was seen as an opportunity between his son and the Russian for the two countries to build ties to Trump and his team. Now the social media specialists also reported pitched a plan on how to manipulate those platforms to Trump's benefit. The report meeting has drawn comparison to a June 9, 2016 gathering. Now, I don't know if it was hidden agendas as in a way to actually get into the campaign for as um, Trump Jr. meeting with them. I don't know. But why are you meeting with them? Why was it a secret? Why did you come up with a plan and say that y'all were talking about adopting a baby? I don't get it. Now, I'm going to say this. If the New York Times is true, we now have at least a second and maybe a third nation that was trying to lean into this campaign. They say that the union, and I don't understand what the president doesn't get about the law that says if you have a foreign nation, a foreign nation, interfering in America election, that it is illegal. That's illegal. Like really big, like really, really, really illegal. Now, the reports could also call into question Prince's testimony through the House Intelligence Committee last November when he said he played very limited role in the Trump's campaign. What does that even mean? Like, you came and you left the same day? Like, I don't know. Well, anyway, his newest attorney, former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani, everybody knows him, he's a snake, has begun planning for prep session. Oh, did I say that? Oh, my God. Stop. With the president, if the commander-in-chief agrees to sit down with Mueller, Giuliani said he had discussed a possible in-game schedule with the special counsel that see Mueller's team writing a final report by the end of the summer. Dealing with the president's portion of the probe, Mueller's office which declined comment about Giuliani's remarks faces no deadline to complete its work and has not said when it will wrap up. Now, this past week made a year with Mueller's team. And so far, they have announced five guilty pleas and 17 indictments, including charges against Russian nationals and companies for participating in information warfare to sway the 2016 race. Now, amid Sunday's rehashing of complaints about the FBI and the Democratic National Committee, Trump questioned why Podesta brother, former Clinton campaign chairman, John Podesta, has not faced charges. Now, while Tony Podesta was never named in indictments, news report connected his now shutter from the Podesta group with Manafort's work for a Ukrainian political party for which Manafort did not register as a foreign lobbyist. And why hasn't the Podesta brother been charged and arrested like others? 
after being forced to close down his very large and successful firm, Trump tweeted. Is it because he's a very well-connected Democrat working in the swamp of Washington, D.C.? I think it's probably the same reason that number 45 hasn't been found guilty of anything. I don't know. Did I just say that again? Yeah, I said that. I'm sorry. I just... I don't know. All I know is... I'm over it. And I think that if you're going to find... If you're going to arrest him or charge him, I think you should go ahead and do it. If not, I think that people need to start focusing on, on some important issues. However, I wanted to mention five things that Donald Trump tweeted about in five tweets today. There were 11 false things in just five tweets. Yeah. So between 9.04 and 9.37 a.m., Trump sent five tweets all around the same basic theme. He is being unfairly prosecuted by special counsel Robert Mueller, even as Mueller and the broader FBI overlook crimes by Democrats. The tweets are riddled with misinformation and, in some case, just outright falsehoods taken together he said 11 things that aren't true. And I'm going to break it down for you. The first one. I am so sorry. I'm trying to record, but I seem to not be able to have the time to do that because people keep bothering me. The first tweet. Things are really getting ridiculous. The failing and crooked, but not as crooked as Hillary Clinton. And New York Times has done a long and boring story indicating that the world's most expensive witch hunt has found nothing on Russia and me, so now they're looking at the rest of the world. And this was tweeted at 9.04 a.m. Well, Trump is referring here to an article in the New York Times published Saturday detailing a, 9, a 2016 meeting between Donald Trump Jr. and a Leon son for two Arab princes in which the missionary made clear that his clients wanted to assist Trump's campaign. He also was making a tangential reference to a detailed piece published in the Times earlier this week that detailed the origins of the FBI investigation into the Russia interference in the 2016 election and possible collusion between his campaign and the Russians. Trump is still hanging his conclusion on this one sentence a year and a half later. No public evidence has surfaced connecting Mr. Trump's advisor to the hacking or linking Mr. Trump himself to the Russian government disruptive effects. What that sentence makes clear is a no public evidence yet exists but the investigation is ongoing untrue exaggeration that's count number one alright number two at what point does this soon to be 20 hundred witch hunt composed of 13 angry and heavily conflicted Democrats and two, two people who have worked for Obama for eight years stop. They have found no collision with Russia. 
no obstruction, but they aren't looking at the corruption. There's zero factual basis, at least, that I can find. For Trump putting a $20 million price tag on the Mueller probe, the closest we have come to a fact-based cost for the Mueller's probe is back in December when the investigator's total cost was $6.7 million. Trump's claim that there are 13 Democrats on Mueller's team is also false. According to the Washington Post fact check, five of the 16 non-members of Mueller's team donated to Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign. The New York Times says the nine, the nine of the 17 known lawyers on Mueller's team have donated to Democratic campaigns in the past. Then there's this from the Pope's filler bump of the 18 attorneys we identified on Mueller's team have gave no money to anyone according to our analysis. Another five gave a thousand or less. The one who gave the most also gave to two Republicans. It's not entirely clear who Trump is referring to with the line, two people who have worked for Obama for eight years, but presumably one of them is Mueller himself. The problem with that is that Mueller was appointed FBI director by President George W. Bush, a Republican, I'm just saying. President Obama simply kept Mueller on for the length of his 10-year term. Now, Trump says that Mueller's team has found no collusion. He misspelled that word in the original tweet, but that, too, is not accurate. The investigation is ongoing, and all of Mueller's findings have yet to go public. I'm just saying. Untruth, exaggeration, count four. Number three. In the Hillary Clinton campaign, where she deleted 33,000 emails, got $145,000, while Secretary of State paid McCab's wife $700,000 and got off the FBI hook along with Terry M. And so much more. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so, so much more. Anyway, Republicans and real Americans should start getting tough on this scam. Now, first, a truth. Clinton did delete 33,000 emails after she and her attorneys determined they were entirely private and personal communication with no ties to her work as Secretary of State. Now to the untruths. The $145 million figure Trump is referring to is the total donation to the Clinton Foundation by nine individuals who also at one time or another had investments in Russia company that Clinton State Department allowed to buy a majority stock in Ukra Uranian One, a Canada-based company with U.S. mining interests. The problems with Trump's claim, as detailed here by um, the political facts, are considerably, and it includes the fact that the donations to the Clinton Foundation were made prior to the idea of Clinton serving as Secretary of State. And that state was one of nine agencies who okayed the deal, I'm just saying. Trump's insistence that someone in the Clinton campaign paid then-FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe's wife 700000 as a payoff to drop any investigation into them is a jumble of falsehoods because McCabe's wife ran for the state senator in Virginia in 2015, a super PAC affiliated with Virginia governor. Terry McAuffer, a longtime Clinton ally, donated 500000 to her campaign. She lost. There is zero evidence that Hillary Clinton was involved in the donation in any way, shape, or form, or that McAuffer made the donation to just save Andrew McCabe from looking into a lay wrongdoing by the Clintons. Untruth, exaggeration, count two. Number four. Now that the witch hunt has given up on Russia and is looking at the rest of the world, they should easily be able to take it into the middle-term election where they can put some hurt on the Republican Party. Don't worry about Dems, this abuse, missing emails, or fraudulent doozer. The Mueller probe has not given up on Russia. It's worth noting that five people in the Trump campaign orbit have already pleaded guilty to crimes unearthed by Mueller and several, including former National Security Advisor 
Michael Flannan, and former Deputy Campaign Chairman Rick Gates are cooperating with the Mueller probe. It is less clear what Trump is referring to with the phrase Dems, FISA, abuse. I, 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 I don't know. Although he has repeatedly suggested that Obama ordered a wiretap on him at Trump Tower during the campaign, which is not true, and that the FBI placed informant in his campaign as spy, knowledgeable sources deny that claim. And as for the missing email, it is not clear what crime Trump is alleging, although there is little doubt Clinton would have been better served to have a neutral third party go through her emails to determine which were personal and could be deleted and which were not. Trump's claim that the so-called steel doozer is fraudulent. It's also not accurate. The more salacious elements of the doozer gathered by former British spy Christopher Steele are unconfirmed by the FBI, but the intelligence community has made clear that portions of the doozer are borne out by their own investigation. Untruth, exaggeration, count three, at least, I'm just saying. Number five, whatever happened to the server at the center of so much corruption that the Democratic National Committee refused to hand over to the hard-charging except in the case of Democrats, FBI. They broke into homes and office early in the morning, but were afraid to take the server. This one mostly accurate. The FBI confirmed that the DNC repeatedly rejected the request to turn over the email server that had been penetrated by someone allegedly affiliated with the Russians. Trump referenced to the raids conducted by the FBI on the homes and office of people like former campaign chairman Paul Manafort and Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen, misses the mark, however. Federal law enforcement did not break into those homes. They conducted raids based on search warrants, an entirely legal process based on, among other things, probable cause. Untruth, exaggeration, count one. Like, why do he have to do that to make himself feel like what he's doing is okay? It's not okay. It's not okay. I'm just saying it's not okay. And on to some more happier news. You already know what it is. The royal wedding. You guys don't go anywhere. She me her will be back. Yes, I will be back. Because you know they were saying that the queen was angry with Meghan Merkel's family. But do y'all really believe that? <laughs> I don't. Because guess what? Days are married now. <laughs> I'll be back. You guys don't go anywhere. <laughs> All right, well, you know, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry ties and I. But first, they claim that the Queen was reportedly very angry with, angry with Meghan Markle's family. You know, I don't know. But in case you all somehow missed the legitimately insane drama, shame me how your girl gonna fill you in. Because, you know, recently it was revealed that, A, Meghan Markle's brother wrote an open letter asking Prince Harry to call off the wedding. Right. B, Meghan Markle's dad staged paparazzi photos. Mm, okay, right. <laughs> C, Meghan Merkel's, Merkel's dad was so upset by A and B that he canceled his plans to come to the wedding and is now reported in hospital for heart surgery. So how's the queen feel about this turn of events? Well, they said that the queen was very angry with Thomas Merkel's senior friends selling stage photos of himself and honestly having a queen any level of angry with you doesn't sound ideal I'm just saying um Lord Chamberlain Her Majesty and the Duke are very angry when Meghan's father of sorts told the British paper they would speak to him once he arrives about the royal protocol now what's more 
the Queen and company are worried about Meghan's dad. This news comes on the heels of a report that Prince Harry is taking the blame for what happened. Harry feels guilty that this happened to someone he loves because they are in a relationship with him. He is devastated. He feels like this is another thing in the wake of him. The problem has caused he causes. He feels that anyone who gets associated with his life, this is the price they have to pay. Um, maybe so, but you know what? I don't believe it because guess what? They're still married. And Megan's father had a heart attack, heart issues. He's having to have heart surgery, and he was not able to be there. So, yeah, they're married. And all the naughtiest things that went down in Megan's and Harry's late-night wedding reception, I'm going to get back to you guys with that. But first of all, I'm going to give you the lowdown of the wedding. Yes, the wedding. You know, I said that she didn't really look black she looked more white than black and I was just hoping that Prince Harry would like keep his beard and that he wouldn't shave it and um he didn't like he kept it he kept his eye he kept it he kept it I'm just saying anyway um people was hoping that he would keep it and some wasn't but I don't know but they had so many memes going around I don't know. It was kind of crazy. It was really, really kind of crazy. But what did y'all think it was going to be? Did y'all think that it wasn't going to be crazy? Did you think that it was just going to be, oh, he's marrying a woman that has a black mother. And it wasn't going to be like, what the deal? Did you not think that it was going to be like a bunch of hoobla or something? Because honestly, I was here for it and I was waiting for it and I was ready for it. Well, anyway... Yes, her I do man, her Prince Harry, um, they's a married. <laughs> yeah, they got married, and um, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. She had a black pastor. She had a black choir, she had a black cello player, like, it was just really, really beautiful, it was just really, really nice, like, you couldn't ask for anything more, I'm just saying, you just couldn't, if, even if you wanted to, it, it wouldn't have made any sense, I'm just saying, it was beautiful, people keep telling me to stop, stop talking about her, they're married now, let her go, let them be married, and, and let them, you know, be happy, and all that good stuff, I am, but in the process of that, I want to talk about it. So, we're going to talk about it. Um, Bishop Michael Curry kind of discussed slavery and a little MLK. In the royal wedding sermon, gets received priceless reaction from the royal family. Like, I, I, it was, it was beautiful. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Bishop Michael Curry was about, was without a doubt, one of the standout moments of Harry and Meghan's royal wedding. Curry's bold sermon Saturday set social media a blazing for his passionate words and unapologetic blackness, 
which likely left the royal family a little shook too, just a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Because he was just like, yes, invoking the words of civil rights icon Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Curry preached in St. George Chapel at Windsor Castle about the importance of love and all things that we do. Set me up as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is strong as death. Passion fears as the grave. Its flashes are flashes of fire, a raging flame. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. That's what he said to the royal wedding attendees, yes. We must discover the power of love, the redemptive power of love. And when we do that, we will be able to make of this old world a new world. Love is the only way. When love is the way, there is plenty of room. Plenty of room for all God's children because when love is the way we actually treat each other, well, like we are actually family. Yeah, that's what Reverend Michael Bruce Curry was saying during his powerful sermon. Yes, he was up in there. Bishop Michael Curry also quoted the late Martin Luther King Jr. We must discover the power of love. The power, the redemption's power of love. And when we discover that, we will be able to make of this old world a new world. Yes. Now, he's a Chicago native who rose up the ranks as a preacher who became the leader of the Episcopal Church in the United States. Took the royals, Hollywood celebrities, and politicians off guard. We went on to mention slavery in his sermon as well. I'm talking about some power, real power. Power to change the world. If you don't believe me, well... There were some old slaves in Americans and Bellum Church South who explained the dynamic power of love and why it has the power to transform. They explained it this way. They sang a spiritual even in the midst of their captivity. It's one that says, There is a blam in Goliath. What is wrong with me? A healing bam. Something that can make things right. There is a bomb in the Goliath to make the wounded there was definitely no avoiding the looks on the royal wedding guest's face upon this unexpected portion of Curry's speech. A great moment on the hashtag royal wedding is when the royals was giggling doing what was a very un-British sermon. Like, they were smiling. Watching the royals watch American Bishop Michael Curry has become an unexpected highlight of this royal wedding. I, I'm be honest with you. The favorite part of the wedding was the reaction to the Reverend Michael Curry. I know y'all go to church all the time, but y'all ain't never really been to church to my kind of church. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think Bishop Michael Curry's sermon was for the people in that room. I think it was for the rest of us, like me. You know, I'm just saying. The English played an instrumental uh, role in the slave trade. The wealth of the British royal family enjoys today likely comes from the revenue made by the enslaved West Africans trolling away in the New World for free. Curry's sermon reminded the chapel that those slaves' faith and their love for God kept them alive. A black reverend preaching to British royalty about the resilience of faith on slavery is a hundred million thousand percent. Not what I thought I was going to be looking at at the royal wedding, but it was good. It was great. It was like, yes. I have to be honest with you. And Bishop Curry was looking at Harry like, act right and now stand by me. Megan just told the world, who are her people? 
or no matter what. This is gorgeous. Um, talking after Reverend Curry must be like trying to sing after Beyonce at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like if you just throwing out and Beyonce come performing and you she go first and you gotta come behind her, you like. They should have just let me do my thing first or just let Beyonce do the whole thing and I just stand up there on the side while she up there. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm mm. Anyway, in 1619, the first captive Africans that arrived in the British colony of Jamestown, Virginia, 399 years later, a descendant of African American slaves and sharecroppers from North Carolina and Alabama delivered the sermon at a British hashtag royal wedding. You heard me. And his words rang throughout the chapel. The kingdom choir full of black sang the redemption of Benny King. Stand by me. I mean, it was just beautiful, you guys. It was just, it was just like, yeah. Yes. Yes. They had a 90-year-old black um, cellist from the royal that came and, and played at the royal family. Um... But he came from a family of musical prodigies. Um, he, he, he's amazing. What many may not know is that he comes from the classical musician of music prodigy of family. Um, all seven of, of Mason siblings can play multiple instruments. Every inch of the Kenna Masson's family's Nottingham United Kingdom home has been turned into multiple practices rooms. Since 2015, the young musician have been making heads turn with their beautiful sound. They received thunderous applause when they appeared on Britain's Got Talent a few years ago. And there was a slew of viral videos all across the YouTube and social media showing off their years of hard work. And they, you know, it was beautiful. Like, it was really, really beautiful. Like, I couldn't, you know, I just want to just be, like, right there. And you're like, I don't want to leave because if I feel like if I walk off, I'm going to miss something. That's kind of like how, how I felt. But you know what I love most about all of this is Megan Merkel's mother. She has a nose ring. She has a locks. I it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just me. It's just, she's just beautiful. And. With all her blackness and just etiquette, you know, etiquette. What is wrong with me? She's just very elegant and classy. You know what I mean? <sighs> it's just one of the many reasons I think we all are excited and were excited to watch Meghan and Prince Harry's wedding. Was to see how Dars Raglan, Meghan's mom, would, you know, how stunning she would be. And as the mother of the bride, there was no doubt she'd show up looking absolutely gorgeous. And that she did, honey. She was slaying. Yes. The mother-daughter duo arrived at St. George Chapel at Windsor Castle together on Saturday. Mama Dora beamed with pride as she left the car and walked into the chapel. Um, the moment in time was it was like all over like it was just I don't know it just felt like family and I know people's like you know wait you know she got black in her way da 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 whatever whatever and I understand what they're saying but it just it just felt it just felt like family that's all I'm saying it just felt it was just beautiful and it was just amazing and I was just I was just happy to be a part of it and they had a lot 
of celebrities there and um you know it was just beautiful and I'm happy and I hope that they love prosper and grow and I hope it just I hope it just transcends what anybody could have possibly imagined it to be I really do I hope it is just I don't know I, I just I just want it to be long, long lasting like a forever after that's all I'm not going to go any further with this because you know what? I can go on and on about this. And I'm not. So hang tight. I'll be back.